0: The scripture this morning is Romans 12, 9 through 21, and we're going to go ahead and read that. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit But associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for another beautiful day, God. We thank you so much for your goodness, And for your grace to us. God, be with us this morning. Give me the words to say and let it not fall on covered ears and covered hearts this morning, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the beginning of Romans 12, Paul talks about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. And not conforming to the ways of this world. Or being in the world, but not of the world. But how do I present myself as a living sacrifice? And how can I be in the world, but not of the world? Romans 12, 9 through 21 gives us some ideas of what this looks like. Verse nine says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Paul starts us off with how we are to love. Let love be genuine. This word genuine translates to without hypocrisy or without falseness. Paul parallels this idea of how we are to love in 1 Corinthians through 3 If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. It isn't about what we do. It is all about how we do it. What are the motives behind our actions? Such as how are we to give, or how are we to ask God for our needs and our wants? We'll come back to the second part of this verse. Verses 10 through 13 focus on how we should live and act alongside fellow believers. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. We should be actively seeking for ways to serve the Lord. One way we do this is by serving one another, praying for one another, helping to bear one another's burdens, seeking to meet the needs of one another. Verses 14 through 18 focus more on how we interact with not just fellow believers, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Jesus gives us a similar message in Matthew 5, verses 43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's easy to love somebody who loves you. Someone who doesn't know Christ can be kind to someone who is kind to them. Most people repay evil for evil and good for good. We have all heard of the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, or treat others the way you want to be treated. Not treat others the way you are being treated. Well, in our house growing up, we had what we called the silver rule. Which was, if you're mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. And I remember many times getting in trouble for following this rule. Because it's not easy to love someone who doesn't love you. Or to be nice to someone who's not being nice to you. But God holds us to a higher standard and calls us to return good for evil, no matter how hard that can be at times. I also just want to take a moment to point out how funny it is that Matthew makes it a point to mention tax collectors. Because Matthew was a tax collector before he was a disciple, so I feel like Jesus was kind of like, making like a little jab at Matthew, and Matthew picked up on that. verses 19 and 20 are again telling us more about the motives behind our actions. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Verse 19 is referencing Deuteronomy 32, focusing on verses 35 and 36, when God says that vengeance is his and that he will vindicate his people. A great biblical example of this is in 1 Samuel, when Saul is chasing after David and trying to kill him. David got the drop on Saul, not just once, But twice, he was right there when Saul wasn't expecting him and could have murdered him easily. But David decided to spare Saul's life because he still said that he was God's appointed king. And he knew that God would ultimately take care of him and would vindicate him. Verse 20 is referencing Proverbs 25, 21, and 22 where we are told that God will reward us when we serve our enemies, when they are hungry or thirsty. I've heard it said so many times, and I've caught myself using this very thing before to kill people with kindness, because it will eat them alive inside or it'll burn them up inside. If scripture is quoted to support this, it's typically either this verse in Romans or this verse in Proverbs. It's believed that the burning coals portion of this verse actually refers to a ritual in Egypt in which a person in order to show their repentance would carry a pan of burning coals on their head to show that they were sorry for what they had done and to repent for that action. So while showing love to our enemies despite their actions may make them matter frustrated. We should do it with the hope that it draws them to repentance and ultimately draws them to Christ and leads them to Christ. Paul closes out with verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, if you remember, I said towards the beginning of this message that we'd come back to the second part of verse 9, which was abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Paul is notorious for repetition. It's one of the many things that made him such a great teacher. He starts and finishes this portion of Scripture with the idea of hating or despising evil and seeking to overcome it with good. And as you can see, he gives us several examples of how we can do that in Romans 12 9 through 21. But what this scripture all boils down to is simply this. That we love people in the way that Christ loves us unconditionally. That we love them unhypocritically. And that we trust in the sovereignty of God. And don't try to take matters into our own hands. Because when we give it all to God, He can do a far better job than any of us ever could. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your compassion on us. Thank you for sending Christ to die on the cross for us while we didn't know you, while we hated you. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and for your grace. Help us to love others the way you love us. Help us to love unhypocritically and without conditions. Keep us safe as we go about our week, Lord, and help us to love everyone we come into contact with, and Lord, ultimately to point them to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll close out with our.